0: okay all right ladies and gentlemen welcome to torah studies our weekly look at the torah portion this week's torah portion is Tetzave, and Tetzave continues the theme of mishkan mishkan vision this is not building we're not building yet we're visioning what does it look like right if we're building this what are the plans what does it look like so god is over these two torah portions to God is delivering the message and the vision to Moses. He tells Moses, this is what I want in the the Mishkan. This is what the Ark should look like, the menorah should look like, the Shobar table, the outer altar, the inner altar, the garments of the high priest, down to the wardrobe. I mean, down to the wardrobe, to the very last thread, eight garments for the high priest, four garments for the regular priest. All of this is discussed in this week's Torah portion and last week's Torah portion, but tonight we're going in a bit of a different direction, and I would say it's probably, if you study the Torah portion or if you will study the Torah portion, you will find this to be a little bit surprising, because we're talking about tonight birthdays and yard sites, birthdays and yard sites, and the difference between them, and I think the conclusion that we're going to come to will be a bit surprising. But first, let's get back to the Torah portion. So there's one anomaly that we find with this week's Torah portion that doesn't exist within any other Torah portion. Um, Well, yeah, we need to qualify that statement. But there's a very unusual feature of this week's Torah portion, and that is in its omission. Who knows what I'm referring to? If you've taken DPP this week, then you know that's not a, a chemical substance that's illegal in the Olympics if you've taken Moshe's name, yes, good. But I'm, I'm still developing my joke, but yes, you're correct. Oh, like sorry. If you take, I said, if you've taken DPP this week, it sounds like, I don't know. I don't know. The Japanese like ski high ski jumper got disqualified because uh, I don't know too much DPP, too much DPP kidding. It's not a thing. Um, DPP is daily power, power Show for those that are unsure what is going on. It's half the time. I'm not sure what's going on, but at least we're on the same page here. Okay. So, yeah, if you're with me in DPP, then you know this. If not, hey, Marneen, good to see you. Which, which side are you on? Here? Okay, got you covered. Yeah, uh we, Marnine, we still see you, despite uh, <laughs> camouflage. No, she was joking. All right, so here's the deal. There's a feature, and Susan mentioned it, and so I'll repeat it, and that is that the name of Moses does not appear once in this week's Torah portion. It does not say the word of Moshe in the entire. Now, this is very unusual because from the beginning of the book of Exodus until the end of the Torah, five books of Moses, to the end of Deuteronomy, every single Torah portion has the name of Moses in it. Every single Torah portion includes a mention of Moses. Because, hey, if you think about it, who's like one of the leading characters of all of these narratives? Yeah, you got it. It's Moses, Moshe. He's one of the main characters. So he's in every Torah portion. Now, obviously, he's not in the Torah portions before his birth. That would be super weird, right? It's like, and Abraham said to Moses, wait, he wasn't around yet. Whatever, we're foreshadowing. No, obviously, he doesn't appear in Genesis. But from Exodus on, he's in every Torah portion. He's mentioned in every Torah portion except for this one. And the question is, obviously, why? And according to most of the traditions, when I say most traditions, let me explain what I mean. According to most commentaries, according to our tradition, the reason why Moses' name is omitted is omitted from this week's Torah portion has to do with something that is told in next week's Torah portion. You with me on this? All right. The reason why Moses' name is omitted from this week's Torah portion has to do with something that's going to happen next week, in next week's Torah portion. What happens in next week's Torah portion? We have the sin of the GC, right? The gift cards. No, the golden... <laughs> Just saying the golden calf, the golden calf. I feel like that would make a great name for a restaurant. The golden calf? Am I wrong here? I don't think I'm wrong here. The golden calf. the Golden calf, right? Go, go, the golden or you calf. You could make and- it a
1: Chinese restaurant and call it the sin of the golden calf
0: this yes. you no know, because yes. they
1: ground up the gold calf and people died you don't want that in a restaurant
0: listen i there's a lot of reasons why not but let's under let's dream of why yes <laughs> the golden calf makes a killer brisket anyway so back to our no, story no,
1: the, the red heifer
0: the red heifer yeah okay yeah that works awesome all right so here's the deal um next week we're gonna read about the golden calf and what happens with the golden calf of course we know moses goes up the mountain for 40 days 40 nights the people miscount they're like where's moses all right let's make an idol they make an idol they dance the horror around it calf. so they dance the golden calf and that is that and the next thing you know god's like i'm done i'm done they had one thing they weren't supposed to do like the worst of the worst is like Serve other idols. I told them not to, and they did it. We're done. Forget it. He tells Moses, I'm finished with the people, and I'll rebuild the nation with you. You'll be my starting point, and everyone else is a goner. And Moses says, no, you can't do it. What are the Egyptians going to say? What are the nations going to say? What are the patriots going to say? You promised you this, you that, you other. And then he drops the ultimate ultimatum. I guess that's what it's called, ultimatum, because it's like the ultimate Mm -hmm. ultimatum. And what is the ultimate ultimatum? He says, "Forgive them," and if not, here's the deal. Text number one. Ooh, what a nice smooth segue, perhaps. All right, let's do text number one. Let me pull this up here in my little uh, in my book. Why can't I pull this up properly? Give me a second. Uno momento. All right. Oh, now we got responsiveness. Okay, scrolling, but nothing was scrolling. Here we go. All right, so in your booklets, we're on page eighty-three. I'm pulling it up on the screen as well. Let us begin, Marnie. If you don't mind, please take it away. Exodus thirty-two, thirty-two, text one. And
1: now, if you forgive their sin, good. But if not, erase me now from your, your
0: book. Okay. So Moses says to God. Listen. If you forgive, great. If not, I'm out. Take me out. I don't want to be here in your book. Don't promise me. Oh, I'll give you all the glory. I'm sure he wasn't like saying this with the stone with God, but I'm just saying. Like, don't tell me that. Like, oh, you'll be the, you'll be the rock star, and everyone's gonna come from you, and you'll be your lights, and you know your name and lights and all that stuff. You know what? If you're not gonna forgive the people, I don't want to have anything to do with this. Like, I'm out. I'm out. Take me out. <laughs> take me out. By the way, you saw it. Exodus 32, 32. What's the Hebrew letters? that What Hebrew letters correspond to 32? Lamed bet. That, that forms the word lev. The heart. What's the heart of, of Exodus? Not of the heart. The heart of the heart. Chapter 32, verse 32. It's lev, lev, double heart. The heart of Exodus is Moses' love for his people. His love for his people in which he's willing to put himself on the line. Take me out. I don't want any legacy. I don't want any of my name in Torah. Take me out if you don't forgive you don't forgive the Jewish people. Well, what happens is that God ultimately does forgive the Jewish people. So it was a contingency. It's like, if you don't forgive then take me out. God did forgive the Jewish people. But since Moses put down such a strong threat and he's a tzaddik, and when a tzaddik says something, you know, and it's so on some level it has to happen or it does happen. It is manifest on some level, even when it's a contingency. So therefore, Moses says, take me out of the Torah. So there's one portion. There's one parsha, one Torah portion, in which his name is taken out, is erased from the Torah. And which one? This week. Let's take a look at what the Zohar says. The Zohar says this. This is the primary work of Kabbalah. Let's take a look at text number two. Elio, please read this one, text two from the Zohar.
1: Who is greater than Moses, who said, but if not, erase me now from your book, what you have written. Moses said this for a good reason, and God even granted his request, and yet he was not spared from punishment. Moses asked for his
0: name to be erased. Indeed, his name is not mentioned in the parsha So here we go. The Zora says, "Yeah, Moses threatened. He asked for it, and you know what? He got it. There's one Torah portion in which, indeed, his name is erased." So I'm going to ask you the obvious question, which you might ask. You know what? Let me ask you to ask me the obvious question. What's the question? Hmm. Huh? Oh, uh, what said? It? Why I started to ask a question. <laughs> we said which partial so it's this partial yes. but what's the question on that oh, what? what you were gonna say why i was uh, no, uh, why, why? i'm gonna okay so then i'll ask it huh? about about if he's uh if he's really like legit leadership that sort of thing okay you're saying that some money to say maybe this was a test Maybe this was a test. Moses, are you really going to stand up for the people? All right. Well, either way, Moses stands up stands up, for the, stands up to the pass of the test. Yeah. What's the question? What's the question that we might ask on this? Who's got it? Uh, Rabbi? Yeah. Um, I usually uh, ask questions at the end. I, I
1: apologize for not waiting for the end. <laughs> uh, but uh, being uh, taken out of the book, if a human did that, it would be historical Revisionism. When Hashem does that, is it is it like a change? It's changing history, right? It's like throwing Moshe into a black hole. Um, um, well, f- from that point of view, I mean, does does my thought have any, you know?
0: I mean, does it have any re- relevance? Is it It's 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 an interesting idea. It's a a more more of a philosophical take. I mean, there's different ways to understand Moses' name being erased. One way that's a bit of a more philosophical take, like he's almost being erased from you know from this whole reality. Another way to understand it is simply Moses basically saying, again, I don't want to oversimplify, but on a more simple level, Moses is saying, look, I'm walking away from this. You you have rules, and because of those rules, you're going to punish the people, and you're going to be rigid and not allow for forgiveness. That's your rules. Then I don't want to have a part of this game. I'm opting out. I'm quit. I quit. I quit. I'm handing him a resignation. When he says, take me out of the t- erase me from your Torah. In other words, I don't want to be part of your script anymore. Does that mean he disappears? I don't know. Again, that's some more. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I think it's an interesting take on it. I, I think on a basic level, what he's saying is, uh, then I'm done. Then you find yourself someone else. Find yourself another leader. I did my part. I'm out. You know, take me out. I don't want to part of anything. Anyway, my question is simply this, because we have a lot to cover. So let's go quickly th- through this. The question is simply this. Of all the Torah portions, why is it that tsavah that Moses' name is indeed erased from? In other words, even if we want to say, as the Zara says, that when Moses says, take me out of your Torah, it, it, it kind of becomes manifest in one Torah portion. Why this one? If the story only happens next week in, in, in Kisisa, which is next week's Torah portion. So why is it that Mos' name is is erased or is omitted from this week's Torah portion, which is a week before? Like, what's going on with that? So I'll share with you a classic answer that's given. I shared one answer in DPP, but there's another answer that I want to share with you tonight. And that is, and this is relevant to our conversation about birthdays and yard sites, and that is that this week's Torah portion always falls out, pretty much always falls out in the week of the 7th of Adar, which was yesterday. And what is the seventh of Adar? It's Moses. Let's speak about the second. It's Moses yard site. Yesterday, yes, I'm dropping some info, maybe you know, maybe you don't know it. Yesterday was the yard site of Moshe Rabenu. Moses yard site is the seventh day of Adar. Today is the eighth. Tonight, tomorrow is the ninth, but yesterday was the seventh. Seven Adar is Moses yard site. And the Torah portion of the Sabbath, this week's Torah portion, pretty much always falls out in the week of or the 7th of Adar always falls out in the week of this week's Torah portion so listen to this why was this week's Torah portion chosen to be the one where his name is omitted because what happens at, what does a yard site represent i mean not represent what is a yard site commemorating the loss the loss the loss of a person the loss of a person and so what better right what better Torah portion to to have to to uh, to note the absence of the name of Moses than the one that coincides with his yard site, which represents the loss of him from the earth. Are you with me on this? In other words, Moses is removed, right? Was removed from the world physically, right? Mo, not his spirit lives on forever, but Moses physically is absent. His absence happens this week. So his name is also absent this week. Make sense? Okay. This is not my idea right it's not my idea this comes from classic teaching one is such example of this and Linda if you'll read this please text number three I'm going to pull it up here the benefit of our online crew <laughs> text number three this is from Rabbi Nachem of Chernobyl the great Hasidic oh, Rebbe yes. yes 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 yeah. with a Wisconsin connection wow. yes Same my family yeah I know that's what <laughs> I'm saying yeah. <laughs> no,
1: yeah
0: okay we got more okay text three <laughs> yeah
1: or, um The Parsha of Tzitzvah falls out in the week of seven Adar, the day Moses passed away. And so his name is not mentioned in this Parsha.
0: There you go. It's black and white, right? He passes away this week. So his name is not mentioned. It's not a punishment. It's not. It's more of a fact. His absence, we're we're almost evoking his absence, his his yardside absence, by having a Parsha that doesn't mention his name. Again, it's not, it's not a negative thing. It's, it's more of a... It's a commemorative thing. It's like it's commemorative. His name is not mentioned. His, his yard said it is this week. Okay. Huh? I mean,
1: he had a request.
0: Yeah, he a request. when he asked said the request, right? Yeah. Okay. So now how do we know? How do we know? Here's the question. How do we know when Moses passed away? We're saying it very definitively. Moses passed away the seventh day of Adar. How do we know? So there's a very interesting... Trail of verses, trail of verses that kind of when we put them together, illustrates the yard site of Moses. So let's do this together. This is going to be text for a and Sandrine, I'll ask you to read these and it's. it will have to help cup a little bit. We'll have to like, you know, hold uh, hold our thoughts for a second. But let's go through this together. This is text for a this is coming from the Talmud tractate Kedushin. All right, go for it.
1: Moses died on the seven of Adar. It is stated Moses the servant of God passed away there. Deuteronomy 34.5 It is also written and the children of Israel wept from Moses in the plain of Moab for 30 days. Deuteronomy 34. 5. Another passage states now it came to pass after the death of Moses the servant of God. Joshua 1.1 and it is written, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people saying, prepare your provision because you will cross the Jordan in three days, Joshua 1, And it is written, and the people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month, Joshua 4, Now, subtract 33 days from the tenth of Nisan and you learned that Moses passed
0: away on the seven of her dogs. Thank you. So, what we have here is a little bit of Talmudic sleuthing. This is a little encyclopedia Brown um, going on over here. What's going on here is the following We have the verse that talks about the passing of Moses. We then know that the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plain of Moab for 30 days, which means that they did not move. They were on the border of Eretz Israel. They were on the border of Israel. They did not move into Israel until after. They didn't make an approach until after 30 days. So whenever Moses passes away, just add 30 days to that, to when they start moving. Now, when they start moving, it actually takes three days because Joshua tells the people, prepare your provisions because you will cross the Jordan in three days. So it was so Moses passed. Here's the timeline. Moses passes away on X date. We don't know what that date is, right? We're trying to figure that out. So he passes away on X date plus 30. Right. And then Joshua says, wait, three days plus three equals the day that they crossed the Jordan. Well, what's that day? It's written here, the 10th day of Nisan. So go 10th day of Nisan, minus three, minus 30. That's the day of Moses passed away. So the t- you with me on this? Because X is the day that Moses passed away, right? So we don't know what that date is, but we know that they mourned for 30 days. Then they took three days and then they crossed the Jordan. So 30 plus three equals 10th of Nisan. So great. If the 10th of Nisan is 33 days from Moses passing, so just subtract. 33 days from 10, and you have the 7th of the previous month. That's the way it is. Simple math. The Talmud says that's how we know that Moses passed away on the 7th day of Adar. Adar is the month before Nisan. So Moses passed away on the 7th of Adar. Adar is 29 days plus, you know, the uh, uh, to get to 10 days. So you, now you have 30 days. It's th- um, th- 33 days to, to get from the 7th day of Nisan until the 10th day of Adar. Those are your classic 33 days. So that's how we know when Moses passed away. What's interesting is that in addition to the seventh of Adar Adar being Moses' birthday, sorry, Moses' yard site, whoops, right? Look, I just slipped up. It's also his, and now, and now, right? You know where I'm going with this. It's not only his yard site on the seventh of Adar. He actually passed away on his birthday. How old was he? 120 years old. 120 years old. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why we say till 120, yeah, God says that this is going to be pretty much the max. Now, how do we know that he passed away on his birthday? So here we go, text 4B. All right, I'll read this one. Let's put it up on the screen, and you have it in front of you as well in person. Text, or if you have the book, text 4B. The Talmud continues, same tractate, tractate, Kedush, the Talmud says, now, how do we know that Moses was born also, I'm adding the word also on the seventh of Adar. How do we know this? So, here we go. It is stated, and Moses said to them on the day of his passing, I am 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come in, etc. The word today appears redundant, right? He should have just said, I'm 120 years old. Why does he say today? What does it imply that Moses turned 120 on that day? Wait, what? If he was just saying, you know, I'm 120 years old, he would have just said, I'm 120 years old. He says, I'm 120 years old today. That means that was his birthday. Yeah. And and then the Talmud explains why or what the significance is. For God sits, listen to this, God sits and completes the years of the righteous from day to day and from month to month. As it is stated, the number of your days I will fulfill. This is the famous Talmudic passage that tells us that when it comes to tzaddikim righteous people, they pass away on their birthday. Mm-hmm. The yard site and the birthday align, which means that they lived full years, mm. full years, no partial remainder or whatever. Now, by the way, just parenthetically, the Rebbe spoke about this many times mm-hmm. and said there's another way to look at it. And that is that really it is one second. Let me let me pose a question, and then sh- explain what the Rebbe says about this. The question is, what happens if we know about a righteous person who didn't pass away on their birthday? Does it mean they weren't righteous? Right, yeah, he starts judging people like, oh, were you, oh, well, mm, I guess not, because if cause, uh, the Talmud says if you were really righteous, it would have been the same day. So what is that actually? So the Rebbe explains something very interesting. He says it could be, That their yard site should have been, let's say a righteous person, whoever that person that we're thinking of is, could be that their yard site should have been on their birthday. But, and let's say that's officially the date that it was, but Hashem granted them a little bit of additional time. In other words, it's like they fulfilled their mission because it's all about fulfilling mission, right? They fulfilled their mission. Hashem said, you know what? You can hang around for a little bit longer. So that's one way to look at it. In other words, their previous birthday should have been really their yard site, but they got a little extra time. That's one way to look at it. Listen, first of all,
1: hey, it's very positive. It's not that they came up short. They actually got extra.
0: That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes. Or that's exactly what the Rebbe is saying. The Rebbe is saying it's like, lest you think that if they did not pass away on the yard site, it means that something was missing in their service. No, they completed the service by the previous, by their previous, by their last birthday. And everything was was exactly, but the yoke. And it's just, not just that they they had some extra time. They got some bonus, like a little bonus round. havdil, I don't know. I mean, I've played pinball before. (laughs) You ever know, you know, pinball? It's like you get a high score. I don't know. And like, oh, you get a bonus ball. Like, you weren't expecting that. I got three balls and now they're gone. Well, look at that. I got one more. Yeah. It's like I got extra time. Done. Right? Pinball's great no wait are we talking about pinball yeah yeah pinball 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 Pinball. pinball's great (laughs) yeah super bowl super bowl pinball yeah anyway yeah it's like the flippers yeah you know who doesn't know pinball pinball's classic anyway you know there are like there are there are bars or lounges around here that have like old arcades yeah yeah it's called like joystick or something, whatever. I'm
1: not sure,
0: but Local places. I haven't been there. I'm just saying, I think I know.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, bowling, I was like, yeah, it's a classic combo. Bowling, pinball, pool. Yeah. Now, but now bowling, I feel like bowling is a little, now like axe throwing is a thing. Axe throwing. Yeah, yes. you take an axe. Yes. Who's in my raise of hand? Let's go. Who's been axe throwing? Oh, no. I would who, go, I would, yeah. who wants to go axe throwing? Let's oh, do a yeah. bad axe throwing trip. What Can could what could possibly I go wrong? <laughs> <for you.
1: Mikva>
0: <laughs> <Trump>? <laughs> I Feel like I don't know if that's a line. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> mikvah mimosas <laughs> and and axe throwing. I feel like
1: something
0: could go wrong. Something could go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe
1: <laughs> which
0: of these don't fit with the other, or something like that. I mean, actually, none really fit. Right. Okay. Oh, right. Look, um, you know this one: um, uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, the priest, the minister, and the rabbit walks into a bar, and the rabbit comes over to the bartender and says, "I think there's a typo." <laughs> don't ask me to explain that joke. <laughs> All right,
1: either you get it or you don't get it. That's
0: it. No explanation. No explanation. That's it. If you get the typo, you get it. Okay, rabbit, you get it now? All right, fine. Uh, sorry, I can't explain it. Back to, back to our class, back to our class. So Moses, here's what we know. Here's what we know. What we know is that Moses' name is omitted from this week's Torah portion. You look throughout the Torah portion, Tzatzava this week, nothing. What's the reason? Well, next week, golden calf. But also the reason this week is because Moses' yard site is this week. How do we know that it's his yard set in the 7th of Adar? Well, we did, we, did the, we did the sleuthing. We went through the verses. Moses passed away 30 days of morning, three days of prep, crossing the Jordan. That's the 10th day of Nisan. Reverse engineer it, do some subtraction. 7th of Adar. Now we also know, we're just putting together a puzzle. We also know that the very same day that Moses passed away was also the day he was born because he told the people on the last day of his life, today I am 120 years old. Well, there you go. Now we know when his birthday is. Thank you, Moses, for letting us know. Now we know that Moses died on the seventh of Adar and he was born on the seventh day of Adar. Great. Now we know. Hold, take that information and hold it for a moment. Help cup, hold that information, put it aside for a moment. What we're going to do next is the following. What happens on the seventh day of Adar? Are there any commemorations? Are there any specific traditions that are associated with yesterday? With the seventh Abadar. the answer is yes Let's take a look Let's take a look at text number 5 From the code of Jewish law That's a really great place to look When we want to look at Jewish law and tradition A great place to look is the the Jewish Sorry, the code of Jewish law I don't know why I can't say it But that's what it is Okay, Shulchan Aruch, text 5, page 87 And it says the following These are the days When tragedies occurred to our ancestors And it is appropriate to fast on these days. On the 7th of Adar, the day that Moses, our teacher of blessed memory, passed away. So some have the tradition to fast on the 7th day of Adar, which would have been yesterday. If you enjoyed your lunch, I guess that was not, which I also did, then it is not our tradition, but some have the tradition. Some fast only a half a day, some fast a full day. It's not like the code of Jewish shla, it's not like one of the obligatory fasts, even rabbinically oblig- obligatory fasts. It's not even a widespread, fully adopted custom minhag. It's rather, in some areas, some individuals actually observe it. Now, what's interesting even more beyond this, or in addition to this, is that the Hevra Kadisha traditionally does observances on the 7th of Adar. What is the Hevra Kadisha? The Jewish burial society. Jewish burial societies around the world have a tradition to mark the seventh day of Adar with a num- with one of a number of options. Some have like their annual meetings where they adopt new resolutions. I don't know new resolutions, but they kind of like think about their policies or whatever it is. They mark it somehow with some sort of gathering. Heber Kaddishah. Why the Heber Kaddishah? Why the Jewish burial society? Well, because Moses was buried by God himself. God himself buried Moses. And that shows the, the preciousness of uh, of laying a person to rest. So, Mo, God buries Moses, the burial society is doing a divine act, and thus it's, it's attributed on that day. Another reason is because Moses himself carried the bones of Joseph throughout the desert. He attended to the laying to rest, at least he for 40 years, he was involved with transporting and taking care of the, the remains of, of Joseph. So, Moses represents like the Kherba Kadisha, the burial society that takes care of those who have passed on, and thus. It's a special day for the Heber Hadisha. Either way, there are some commemorations, whether or not they're widespread today is another thing, but there's traditionally some sort of associations with this day. But here's my question. We find some commemorations, fasting, Heber Kaddishah, something connected with the site, the passing of Moses. But how come we don't find any observances, any traditions, and even customs associated with the birthday of Moses, which, by the way, is the same day. And I know it's the same day because we discussed this. But the question is, why don't we find any mention of a birthday commemoration or a birthday celebration? Are we like, are we like doing a cake? Are we having, you know, a thing, a celebration? What are we doing? The answer is nothing. There's no, nothing. The only thing that's mentioned is fasting or, you know, the Heber because of the yardside aspect of that day. What about the birthday aspect? Are you with me on this? The seventh of Adar, to Moses, two things happened. He, he was born and he passed away. We find regarding his passing that there's some sort of commemoration or observance, but we find regarding his birth, crickets, garnish, nothing, nothing with, with regard to his birth. The question is, why not? A Oh. Now you're getting to a really good question. Now you're getting to a really good question. And Elio's question is, one second, we don't really find that after a person passes away, that there's any tradition associated with the birthday. The only, after, when a person passes away, the only thing that we mark subsequently, formally, is the art mm-hmm. is the is the anniversary of the passing. Now, it doesn't mean that individuals can't get together and, you know, have a family get together on the birthday of a loved one. Sure, that's a nice... But we don't see that in Jewish law, that in Jewish tradition, it's formalized as a thing. There's yard set is formal. You light a candle, you say Kaddish. There's a, there's a formality in, within Jewish tradition. There's a formality to mark the yard And here's the question. Why not regarding a birthday? Are you with me in this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, no. Why not no, no, no. A, birthday. A, birthday. a birthday? Sorry. A birthday. A birthday. A birthday. A birthday. So good. You're asking a good question. But don't, don't Chabadniks celebrate the 11th day of Nisan, the Rebbe's birthday? The answer is yes, yes. And likewise, a family might celebrate their f- parent or their great-grandparents' uh, birthday even after they've passed on. All of that is true, but we don't find anything formally in Jewish law or tradition with regard to that. That's more of a, a personal, you know, feeling. It's what we call in Hebrew a hergish. It's like a, it's it's a feeling. It's a like yeah, it's like a feel, like, like, I'm going to do that for my loved one, for my Rebbe, for my parent, for my grandparent, whatever. I'm like, of course, I'm going to do it. But it's not a formal, you can't find it in the books. It's, it's not spelled out. Yard site is, yes, but birthday not. Why not? It's more. So again, we, but we got, we got there through Moses because Moses is born and passed away on the same day. We only find the tradition associated, that's written in the code of Jewish law, tradition associated with his passing. But now with his birthday and the same day, but now with his birth, and the question is, why not? And so here is one potential answer. Potential answer we might say is like this. Yes, we would have (laughs) celebrated. We would have totally celebrated Moses' birthday. We would have. But then what happened? 120 years later, he passed away on the same day. So because he passed away, that kind of took the, celebration out of the whole you know took the wind out of the sails of his birthday celebration because how much are you celebrating now that he's gone on the same day so like yes that was his birthday but now it's a little bit a little bit uh heavier day because it's now his yards and so that might be a thing the problem is you can't really say that you can't really say that why not because we know that even after moses passing this day It's not neutralized. His um, his birthday still remains in effect and still remains powerful. How do I know this? Because of a tremendous story that the Talmud tells us in tractate Megillah regarding the story of Purim, which we'll get to in a moment. Marnie, did you want to ask something? Did you have something? No. Okay, let's look at text 6a, page 87, and I will read this as well. Okay, here we go. The verse states, Haman, or Haman, Haman cast the poor, that is a lot, uh, not not a lot, but a like a lottery, right? A goro, like a, a lot. We are taught that when the lot fell on the month of Adar. So let me just explain. Haman was looking for a good day to, God forbid, destroy the Jewish people. To like set the decree, he was looking like, oh, what what day should we set? So I, he threw he threw I'm lots.
1: You're looking for the word auspicious.
0: Auspicious, okay. He was looking for a good day for this auspicious day to um to uh to set up for this decree and he draw he throws lots and it falls out on the month of Adar and when it fell out when it when the lot fell in the month of Adar he was Haman was jubilant he was so happy he said the lot fell for me in the month of Moses's passing this is great It's the month where Moses passed away. It's got a negative energy. This is great. This will be the doubt. God forbid the downfall of the Jewish people. It's all coming together. Haman felt it all came together for him in his nefarious plot. However, the Talmud says the jokes on him, right? The jokes on him. Haman, he did not know that Moses passed away on the seventh of Adar and was also born on the seventh of Adar. Jokes on him. He didn't know that Moses was also born on that day. And that's so his, 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 pl- his plot was foiled. He thought that Adar was going to be a great day to set up for the, the decree, which would have been, by the way, the date that he chose of Adar was 13th. 13th. He chose, it was, the lots fell out on Adar and the 13th. Okay, that, that's what it was. So he thought, oh, Adar, perfect month. Perfect month. Actually, perfect, poor, poor, poor perfect month. It's a great month. Poor in, perfect month. It's great. Why Moses passed away. The Talmud says, joke's on you. Moses was also born. Ha ha. Look at you. Is Look at seven you, Haman. Of Adar, is it, um, you Say it again. Is what?
1: No, is no. That
0: seven of Adar, just, no, Adar? no. Just uh, Zion Others, typically what it's called. Zion 7. Yeah, seven other. So, so, what does that tell us? Tells us that years later, Hundreds and hundreds of years later in the times of Purim, what kind of reversed or what, what brought good fortune to the Jewish people in that month? It was The birthday of Moses, so why aren't we celebrating it again? That's that strengthens the question. In other words, the potential answer it's a bit of a purple here, it's like we're going back and forth. The, the, the question is, why are we only marking the yard site, not the birthday of Moses? Our answer is, well, when you pass away on the same day that you're born, that kind of overshadows the birthday element. The yard site is going to overshadow it, but not really. The Talmud says that when it came to Haman, Haman wanted to decree the death of God forbid of the Jewish people on that day, and what overshadowed the yards, because of the yard said, what overshadowed the yard said is his birthday. So his birthday overshadows the yard it So then how come we're not celebrating? it? And look what Rashi says, text 6B. This is very powerful and very telling right here. Rashi says, text 6B, the birth, the birth is worthy enough to wipe clean the effect of the passing. You saw that? Which neutralizes which? You have a birthday. Again, it's a very simple question. Yeah. Like plus one, minus one. What are you left with? zero right plus one minus one zero so you're gonna say well he was born on that day then he died on that day so i guess now we got nothing but that's not true no it's not true because the talmud says that that haman wanted to destroy the the people God forbid on on, on in the month of adar and laugh last laugh, laughed last laughs laugh, laugh on him because moses was born which means that the birth neutralizes the yard site the birthday is, is, is greater than the yard site. okay, So then why aren't we celebrating or commemorating the birthday? Why do we only have a commemoration for a yard site, not the birthday? And why is it that in our experience, why is there not a formal way to celebrate a birthday after a loved one passes away? There's a formal, you, we can do whatever we want, and yes, we should do uh, some sort of commemoration. if we feel as that's a way to honor our loved ones, that's fine. But we don't find in the code of Jewish law anything about honoring a birthday of a loved one who has passed on. We find the yard site, yes, but not the birthday. And our question is why? So, but we're gonna stick with the we're gonna stick with the analysis vis-a-vis Moses, and then we're gonna continue to branch it off. So, what I want to talk about now is let's focus on the month of Adar because we, we're talking about Adar now, the seventh of Adar and Haman's plot and all that good stuff or bad stuff, and and let's focus more on Adar. There's a very famous statement of the Talmud, which is can be found in text number seven. The Talmud says the following, adar b'simcha, which means with the advent of the month of Adar, one increases in joy, which means when the month hits, put on your dancing shoes, it's time to party. I'm going to tell you anecdotally about yeshiva in Adar in a second. Rabapa said, Rabbi Papa said, therefore, a Jew who has litigation with a Gentile which I'll explain in a second what that means, should make himself available for trial in the month of Adar when the Jewish fortune is strong. What does that mean? It means when there's a threat against Jews and Judaism, right, when the nations are taking the Jew to court. This is not talking about, you know, uh, necessarily like, uh, you owe me $5. No, I don't. This is talking about like uh an existential threat, kind of like mirroring the story of Purim. So when you have this situation, so when should you try to set the trial or this debate or whatever it is? The month of Adar, because it worked out before, it'll work out again. Right When Haman was trying to overthrow, trying to bring the downfall of the Jewish people in this month, it didn't work. So hopefully if there's a contention like that, so then it should also work out in the month of Adar and it will work out for the good. Parenthetically, this idea of, 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 of Adar bringing joy. In yeshiva, we celebrated this. Every month of Adar, every day of the month of Adar, we always had yeshiva dance parties. What is the yeshiva dance? Legit. We had after after the evening seder. After seder means uh, not only Passover, it means after the uh, the schedule is over, about 9.30 at night. So someone brings out the speakers, you put on the music, and all the guys put out the boombox. Yeah, put out the boombox, old school. And bring out the mixtape, and that's it. And you go, yeah, boombox. You got to go mixtape, right? Am I wrong here? And you dance, dance. Again, it's like it's a Chabad Yeshiva dancing. It's not necessarily what everyone is picturing, but there's there's dancing and joy. Maybe or maybe you are picturing it. In which case, call it a vote excellent. Um, it's like a lot of Russian dancing. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, yeah, <laughs> whatever. There's a lot of uh, you know, yeah. Lot of, lot of circle dances okay now so what we've established is the idea of of adar bringing joy adar brings joy now why is it why is it that adar is a joyous month if I ask you the question so why is adar a joyous month why would you say what what happened in a that we're, we're celebrating? We said, just right. right. So when when Adar enters, it's a, it's a month of joy. If you have a court case, whatever it is, schedule for Adar. It's going to be good. What happened in a dar that brings that good fortune? What do you think? Purim. Everyone would say Purim. Haman, the Jews. He lost. We won. It got flipped. The whole the whole reversal of of fortune and this great joy. All right, great. Uh, If that's the case, though, I have a slight problem. If you have a trial, right, you should probably schedule it for the latter half of the month. Why why the beginning? Why the whole month? We said the whole month of Adar is a month of joy. How does that make any sense? The whole Adar is a month of joy. You know what happened back then? Do you know what happened during the times of Purim? The, the, The decree was on the 13th day of Adar. What do you think the Jews were doing the first two weeks of the month? They were probably freaking out. No, they knew what was going down. There was a, there was a war. Yeah, the decree. The day that 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 the that the that the, that the that the that the that the that the war was going to go down, they knew this. There was an it was scheduled in advance. The day was the thirteenth of Adar. What were the Jews doing in preparation? They were probably praying and fasting and and very nervous. So it was a very tre- trepidatious, if that's the right word. Time. There was a lot of trepidation, and thus. How, it's not a month that's wholly filled with joy it's not completely filled with joy there's a lot of all there's also a lot of fear and trepidation and anxiety in the first half of the month so if you tell me that the day of purim is a happy day is a joyous time sure you want to tell me the last half of the month sure because once the miracle happens then the last half of the month is great but the first half of the month historically how is that a, how is that a month of joy why is the whole month associated with joy that's the question that i'm asking um Yeah, it's the question. So, and in fact, the question is even is even stronger. Let's look at text number nine. I'm gonna let's enhance the question with a Rashi that seems to make no sense. Look what Rashi says in text nine. Rashi says that why is the month of why is the month of Adar joyous because there were days of these were days of miracles for the Jewish people Purim and Passover. So first of all, Purim is only the fourteenth day and on. That's number one. Number two, when's Passover? Uh, it's not an Adar. Someone's got to check their calendar. It's like, Rashi, here's a gift. Here's a birthday present to you, Rashi, a Jewish calendar. It's like, why is Adar happy? Because of Purim and Passover. Huh? Are we in like, like, is this a joke? What are you saying, Rashi? Like, Rashi says, why is Adar joyous? Because of Purim? Okay, but that's still the second half. And Passover? Passover kimosabi? I don't believe that's an Adar. (laughs) Right. We're at celebrate Passover a month early. What? What is even happening here? None of this even makes sense. So let me share with you a radical. And it's once you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, what we've been thinking beforehand. But this is an, a radical interpretation of Labavitcher Rebbe on this. He says that we're missing the whole point. If we think that Adar is joyous because of Purim, then we're missing the point. We got we got the story wrong. The whole story is wrong. The Talmud says, mm-hmm. the moment Adar strikes, rejoice. And we thought, because of Purim. But then I asked, if it's Purim, it's only halfway through. And then why does Rashi say Pesach if it's not even Passover? It's not even that month. What's going on here? And the Rebbe says, no, 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 no. We got it wrong. The reason why Adar, the reason why we rejoice in Adar it's not because of Purim, because of Moses, because of his birth. Because he was born the seventh of Adar. Well, his death, we'll get to in a second. It's because of the seventh day of Adar. That's why, listen, that's why Purim happened in Adar. Don't forget. Why did Haman set the lots? Why did he accept the way the lots fell in Adar? Because of seventh of Adar. So in other words, the whole Purim story, the decree and the salvation happens because of Moses and Passover. Now we know what Rashi says. Why Adar is happy? Because of Passover. Who made Passover happen? At least on the ground. Moses, when was he born? Seventh of Adar. Are you with me on this? Mm -hmm. So the Rebbe explains that why is it that we rejoice in in Adar? Not because of Purim, but because of what led to Purim and Passover, i.e. the birth of Moses, the seventh of Adar. We're celebrating the birth of Moses as a whole month. Why a whole month? Well, if Haman was going to decree against the Jewish people on the 13th, which is not the same day that, that, that Moses passed away, it must mean that he thought the negative you know, uh, uh, vibes would extend to the whole month. So if, if the negative vibes extend to the whole month, well, then the positive vibes certainly extend to the whole month. And so that is why this month, Adar, that we're in right now, today is the eighth, tonight is the ninth of Adar. This month is filled with joy because of Moses, because of Moses, which then heightens the question. If we're celebrating a whole month, 30 days of Moses, then why don't we have a formal a formal celebration i know we have purim but that's for a specific miracle salvation we have passover that's next month due to in part to moses who was born in this month but why don't we find a formal birthday commemoration for moses but let's see how the rebbe writes this uh, how the rebbe articulates this text number 10 look at this the seventh of adar moses birthday brought about the miracle of purim and adar the fact that Haman's lottery fell in Adar nullified Haman's decree for this month, and that, which is why the miracle of Purim occurred in Adar. On the 7th of Adar, the Redeemer of Israel was born, who would ultimately liberate the Jews from Egypt. And thus, the, this month, the, the Moses is associated with both the miracle, the salvation of Purim, and the liberation, the freedom, the exodus from Egypt. And thus, that is why it is a celebration. But that only serves to enhance our question. And I know I'm leaving myself three minutes for the answer, but I think I could say this answer very quickly, and it's so powerful. But let's reset the question. The question is, we find with Moses that we commemorate formally. In Jewish law, there is a formal commemoration. At least some do it for his yard site, but not for his birthday. And we can extend that to all of us. There's a yard site commemoration, but not a formal birthday celebration. Even if we want to do it individually, there's nothing formalized. The question is why. And here's the answer. One text to answer it all. This is a medrash. It is really poignant. Really, I don't know if I'm using word. It's really powerful. Take a look at this powerful text, text number 11. This really can make us think. Listen to this parable. Rabbi Levy offered a, par- a parable. Two ships passed each other on the high seas. One had just departed port. The other was, was returning to port. The departing ship had embarked with great fanfare. The returning ship was not celebrated. A wise person observed that it should have been reversed. The departing ship should, have, should not have been celebrated because no one knows where she will dock, what challenges she will, will find her, what challenges will find her and what kind of storms she will encounter. The ship returning to port should have been celebrated for we know that she departed in peace and returned from the high seas in peace. Thus ends the parable. And this is one of the most power, powerful parables I think we'll hear in our lives. Listen to this. Let me just break this down. The cruise ship or the ship, whatever it is, when it leaves. Yay, everyone's cheering when it leaves. And when it comes back, forget the cruise ship. A ship, when it leaves, much fanfare. When it comes back, crickets. And Rabbi Levy says it should be the opposite. Because when you leave, because when it leaves, because when it leaves, who knows what's going to happen to it? Are we ever going to see it again? What's going to happen? How's the journey going to go? When it comes back? Titanic.
1: Right, Titanic,
0: Right. When it comes back, that's when you should celebrate. Understand this is a metaphor, a parable, an analogy for life and death. Understand what should we be celebrating? Birth. Listen to the question. What should we celebrate birth or death? Think about it. Think about it. We celebrate birth. We throw a party at birth. And the point is, what are you throwing a party for? You know what's going to happen? Do we know about the success? We don't know when a person passes away having navigated the high seas of life that's when you should make the celebration are you with me on this should make a celebration when a person fulfills their mission on earth that's what should be celebrated but instead what do we do we celebrate when the when the ship sets sail and when the ship docks no no okay it docked no no it docked but the truth is it should be the opposite it should be the opposite when it when it leaves, all right, maybe it'll be good, maybe it won't be good, maybe it'll be it'll be okay, maybe it won't survive. We don't know, but when it when it when it finally finishes its its mission, its 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 its, its, uh, its voyage, that's when there should be real joy. Now, obviously, the reason why it's not a celebration is because there's a loss, so we're not uh, we're not either, right? No one's no one's like like even though the Rashbi did say that, Rav Shimbar he said, my yard site, celebrate, Lagba Omer's yard site, he said, it's a joyous day, don't mourn my passing, celebrate my life, but we don't typically, typically we don't, it's hard to get ourselves to that place, so it is, yard site is a time of mourning, but what is really the primary day, birth or death, one could argue it's death, because that's when the mission is completed, That's when. that's when the journey is finished, please God with success and with peace. And so here's what I want to share with you. Let's talk about birthday celebrations. What's a birthday? What's a birthday? Forget the after passing. What's a birthday? Regular birthday. It's another year. So what are we celebrating? Birthday party. What are we celebrating? Another year. Well, so there's two ways to look at it. One way is to say, oh, I have another year. But why are we celebrating the voyage? The the, the departure? We don't know how it's going to go. Why celebrate the departure? That's the foolish thing, right? Yay, we're leaving. We're setting sail. Okay, how's it going to go? What are you celebrating? The potential. What are you actually celebrating? Oh.
1: Survival.
0: So really, a birthday, understood from this perspective, is not so much about the upcoming year, but it's about the accomplishments of the past year. Are you with me on this? Mm-hmm. Really, a birthday is a little bit more, even if we're not usually aware of this, we're just think, oh, birthday, yay, another year. But really... Really, a birthday is more, on a celebration level, more about celebrating the past accomplishments, right? So which day do we choose to do that? We choose that on the, on the, on the next, you know, on the, on the one-year anniversary of the birth. So now we're starting, we're embarking on a new year, so we can look back and say, thank God, you know, I, I not survived another year. That's a negative, right? But I, I, uh, I had one more year in my journey. Under my belt, Baruch Hashem, thank God, it was a good journey, a good year. All right, and now we're ready for the next one, ready for the next, the next stop in this uh, in this voyage. That's really what a birthday is about. And then what happens? And then a person, and then a person fulfills their their mission on earth. And at that point, they pass away. When a person passes away. We typically understand it as the sign or as the indication that their mission on earth is complete. None of us knows when that's going to be. But when one passes away, we say. Their mission has thus been completed. And thus, at that point, really, it's a moment of celebration. It's a moment where all of the accomplishment, this is really what a Yart said is about, all of their accomplishments on earth, their entire mission comes to fulfillment on that day. It's called the histalkos. The day of passing in, in Hebrew terminology is called histalkos, which means the day of elevation. It's a day in which all of their potential came to fruition and they completed their mission. The ship came home. That's a powerful day. Now, of course, we don't celebrate it with a party because we still feel the loss. We're human. We feel the the physical loss. But on a a deeper level, it's a day of, it's a powerful day. And dare I say day of celebration, which explains why it doesn't really make sense to celebrate. I don't mean, I'm not being critical here. I'm just saying on that level, what would be the point of celebrating the birthday after the yard site. Are you with me on this? Mm -hmm. If anyway, a birthday while a person was alive is really about more about what they've accomplished in the past year. So then the yard site on a, on a macro level covers that. Are you with me on this? Does this make any sense? I hope this makes sense. I hope hopefully I laid it out. In other words, every year on a birthday while a person is alive, there's two things that are happening. They've completed the year and they're starting a new year. So starting a new year, we look ahead. All right, hooray. But it's also primarily about what we completed in the previous year but when a person passes away the main energy they, they're not they're no, they no longer are doing their mission their mission is completed so therefore what becomes the commemoration it's when they completed their mission and that is why the yard said is celebrated doesn't mean there's anything wrong with commemorating a birthday of a loved one who's passed on and of course Chabad seen do this with the Rebbe on the 11th day of Nisan it's a day of uh, it's a day of Farangans and a day of Mifzaim. and 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 living up that means um Doing mitzvahs with uh, helping people do mitzvahs and that sort of thing, and wrapping film with people in New York, in Brooklyn, in Manhattan, they have mitzvah tanks. Usually associated with the number of years of the rabbi, like you know, it's, uh, whatever, one hundred and twenty mitzvah tanks this, this past year. Mitzvah tanks, i.e., RVs, in which people go around and wrap film and with people. The point is that yes, it's marked, but in but formality wise, but in Jewish uh, in, in Jewish law and, and tradition, it's really the yard site that is the day. Why? because we're no longer looking forward. We're looking, we're celebrating a life. And celebrating a life that culmination happens is, is marked on the yard site. A yard site is when we celebrate the life that was and the life that still is. The legacy, the life and legacy of the one who's passed on. My friends, this is the deeper significance of a birthday. Until now, we thought that we're celebrating birthdays to celebrate the year ahead. Now we know that it's always looking a little bit behind saying, thank God I've gotten to where I've got. Now it doesn't mean we don't look forward. We look forward also. We take a resolution for the next year, but the celebration part, how can you celebrate what's going to happen? You don't know what's going to happen, right? You can't celebrate the future. That would be weird. That's what we call sports talk radio, right? (laughs) A whole week, a whole week talking about what's going to happen Sunday. I'm not trying to knock it. I'm saying it's like, or we could wait till Sunday. I'm saying, crazy idea. Just hear me out for a second. Or the game will happen as it happens. Because all of the talking heads are not actually going to affect the game. But I guess it's fun. So that's what a birthday is. A birthday is, oh my gosh, I got a new year. What can happen? It's great. Or when it plays out, it plays out. My friend, there are no prop bets on a birthday. I don't even know what I mean with that. Um, that's No, prop bets. It's like a. It's a Super Bowl. You know, they have bets. Like how prop bets are like the, the weird non-sports? Well, non, it's like how long will the national anthem be over under three minutes? Right? People put down millions of dollars on this. Yeah, yeah, legit. Will the will the national anthem go more than three or whatever the number is? You put money this way or that way. Will the first coin toss, right? Heads or tails, right? That's a prop bet. Um, will the halftime show include? A certain song. I mean, this is like these are the prop bets. That, oh, hold on, I don't want. I don't. I'm not about. Like, I'm not pushing gambling. What do I look here? Like uh, Al Michaels. Whoa! Wow! That was like. Uh, if you know Al Michaels, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Anyway, yes. Somebody with me on this. At least we have one. All right. Dr. Maxi is with me on this. Every time Monday Night Football, Al Michaels is throwing out the the spread. We know what's going on. Everyone knows the score with that. Anyway. All right. Back to our story. A birthday. A birthday is about, listen, it's all about, it's all about the sports references. This is, these are high-level sports references right now. It's all, A birthday is, we think, because, you know, maybe we're not doing it. We think that a birthday is about a new year, which it is also, but what's the celebration? I mean, the, the ship is leaving the dock. What's going to happen? We have no idea. Really, the celebration ought to be, as the measure says, and really is on a deeper level about what was, which is why we don't formally celebrate birthdays after a person passed away. Because if we're celebrating the life that was, the yard site is the day. Yes, the birthday was the day that this soul, that this light, that our loved one came into this world. And yes, that is a day to mark. But, the, but, but their life when they were born is when they came in in a potential state. But when they finished their life and actually fulfilled their mission, that's a day truly Marking and commemorating, and dare I say, even celebrating. And of course, we don't celebrate it in a frivolous way, a yard site, because there is the pain of loss. But a day that should be marked is really the yard site. My friends, this is a reminder for life. Potential is great, potential is wonderful, but the main thing is actualization. The main thing is, as they say in the movies, as was once said in the movies, show me the money, right? who said that someone said that someone said that show me the money you can't handle the money i'm mixing lines no that was the truth tell me that By you can't what? right whatever all right that's okay so here's the point in life there's potential and there's the real the actual the potential is great and we need to to to, to harness our potential to do great things but at the same time we also need to celebrate the action and so i want to conclude on the, with the following story the following story takes so again just before i tell the before i tell the concluding story so what's what's the message the takeaway message this explains why the seventh avadar is primarily marked as moses' yard site not that it's a sober not that we're trying to be negative or trying to be down or trying to be sad but no it's because we realize that life life a life that's completed, a mission that's completed is the most precious thing. And so I want to conclude with the following story. This story was, is told about Leah, my wife Leah's great-grandfather, who was one of the great Hasidic mentors known as a Mashpia. Mash- he, was, he was a Mashpia, a Hasidic mentor, Chabad mentor in yeshivas in, in Russia and then later on in Israel. Rabbi Shlomo Chaim Kesselman. Known as Shleimachim. Mashpeim were like down to earth. They didn't want titles like rabbi. Like Shleimachim. <laughs> I'll call him Rabbi He was once sitting at a Fabrengen. He would lead, his whole life he led Fabrangans. And he said by the end of the Fabrangan, no, everyone take a hachlata, which means a resolution, a positive resolution. We had a nice Fabrangan. We've all been inspired. What's gonna change? Practically, what's gonna change? And one of the assembled said, oh, we always do this. We make hachlatas. We make resolutions. But before long, after a few months, or maybe even after a few weeks, you know, we drop the resolutions. So what's the point? We take resolutions, and then they, they don't last anyway. So what are we doing? It's only going to last a few weeks, or a few months, or, or, or a few weeks, or maybe a few months. So Shlomo Chaim says, if that's the case, then we'll bring again. <laughs> if that's the case... If, you know, it only lasts a little bit, so then we have another occasion to fabring and reinspire and take new resolutions. In other words, don't become despondent. If we don't, we shouldn't become despondent if we don't keep all, if we don't, if we're not magically consistent, we just have to keep on re-inspiring ourselves. And so my friends, the message is twofold. Number one, let's take the resolutions and let's launch the new day. Let's launch the new year. Let's launch the birthday in a good direction. And if we find ourselves running out of steam, let's re-inspire and let's take another, you know, let's, uh, let's inspire ourselves once again. Light the fire again. And then, of course, the main thing is about the accomplishments. It's about the ship coming back into port that really needs to be celebrated. Let's look back and think about what we've accomplished. Not about patting ourselves on the back, but recognizing that there's a lot of power in what we've done. Knowing, recognizing the power of our accomplishments is the ultimate, it's the ultimate um, motivator to do more. The ultimate taking away the motivation is not feeling like we've accomplished. When we know the difference we've made in someone else's life, we're more likely and more encouraged to, to keep on giving, to keep on doing. It's when we don't know that we become discouraged. I feel like I want to end with one more story there's a fellow who was in a small university in Canada. I know this story because he told it at a Ted talk and he's at a small college or university in, in Canada. I think I said Canada before, I meant to say Canada if I didn't. And this guy goes through four years of college and on his at his graduation, a young lady comes over to him, another student comes over to him and says, I wanna thank you. She's like, you probably don't recognize me, but I wanna thank you because you changed my life. He's like, I actually don't, I've never seen you before. She's like, you have. She's like, let me tell you the story. Now she's telling him the story of how he changed her life four years ago. She says, I come, I'm the only child and it uh, came time for me to go to college. And I got into this college. This one. And uh, it was the night before I was to leave. And I started getting very anxious. And I told my parents, I don't want to go. I, I don't want to live away from home. And my parents told me, you know what? We Love you. We accept. We're, you know, unconditional love and acceptance. Whatever you want to do, you can do. But you know what? Let's give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. Let's Let's drive there. Let's go check it out. If you really feel uncomfortable, then we'll go right back home. But let's give it a shot. So they drive there the next day and she's still nervous. And she's like, I don't want to be here. And they said, you know, let's just give it a shot. Let's just give the day, the first day a shot. If after the first day, you really don't want to be there, then we're done. She's standing in line for orientation or for some sort of whatever. I don't know. And um, she's like, she feels totally out of place. She said, And then I saw you, she's speaking to this other guy. Then I saw you and you were wearing a goofy hat and you had a box of lollipops because although it was the first day you were already advocating for some sort of mission or charity or whatever it was, you were giving out lollipops to raise awareness for whatever thing that you were raising awareness for. And you were handing out lollipops in the line and you gave a lollipop to the guy standing in front of me And then you gave him a second lollipop and you told the guy standing in front of me in line, here's a second lollipop. Please give it to the pretty girl behind you. And he turned around and this is the girl, right? This is the young lady saying this. He turns around, looks at me. His face becomes like bright red. He's like super embarrassed. (laughs) And he's like, "Uh," and then I take the lollipop. From him, And I feel bad for him. And then you said this to my parents, turned to my parents and you said, look, her first day away from home and already she's taking candy from strangers. And everybody started laughing. And I started laughing. And I realized, you know what? I think I can do it. I think I can do it. And she stayed that day and she stayed four years. And she says to him at graduation, she says, you don't know who I am. But because of what you said four years ago on the first day of school, because of what you told me, I'm here today. He told this at a TED Talk and he said, to this day, I have no recollection of that ever happening. I, she told me the story that it happened. I have no recollection of that happening. Yes, he would wear funny hats and yet, yeah, but he doesn't remember saying that to her. Doesn't remember, which means he changed someone's life. And he has no idea. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, now he knows, but he had no idea. So his point in the TED Talk is we can change people's lives through small things. Lollipop leadership. A lollipop. Something small. Something small can be revolutionary. But you know what my takeaway is? My takeaway is how many lives have you and I changed that we don't even know? Why? Because the feedback, the loop was never connected. Because they never got back to us. Either because they didn't know us, they couldn't find us, or just they figured they know. They know. They know that they made an impact. But they were never told. But they, they never, the, the circuit never closed. It's important. It's important to get that feedback because knowing the impact that we make, knowing that we're making an impact, encourages us to do more. All right. My friends. Each of us has in, in immense potential and immense capabilities. It's up to us to utilize our gifts and to make a difference. And hopefully we, we practice sharing with those that have helped us, allowing them to know what they've done for us. And then others will do the same for us. We'll create a, a gratitude feedback loop, yeah. right? Where there's a cycle of gratitude. And thus, it inspires more and more giving, more and more positivity, more and more lollipop leadership to indeed make a difference in each other's lives. This is the message of the Torah portion, the portion where Mo's name is absent, but he's very much present. His life and legacy lives on. May he always be an inspiration for all of us, and may we be an inspiration to those around us. And let us say, amen. Thank you for joining me tonight for Torah Studies. Hope you enjoyed the class. And um, bottom line, may the best team win on Sunday. All right. We'll see. We'll see then. Super Bowl. Yeah. Super Bowl Sunday. Well, now you know. (laughs) All right. Good, good, good. Um, Yeah. Question. Sure.
1: Okay. So doesn't the Torah say, don't believe in lucky times? Yes. Yet Rabbi Papa says, Uh, during the month of Adar, it's a time of good fortune for Jews. Isn't that contradictory?
0: It's a good question. It's a good question. I think what it means is don't believe. Well, it's a very good question. We would have to look up to really, to get a a really good answer to your question, which is very good. We would have to really look up the halachic, the legal parameters. When the Torah says, do not believe in fortuitous times, we have to understand what exactly is prohibited and then understand when the Talmud says that Adar is a month of positivity, so schedule your court case at that time, why that's not a prohibition. I know you're asking, like, okay, so what is that? Fill in that information. I'm not, I, we would have to look up the verse from, I think, Deuteronomy to figure out what exactly is, is uh, proscribed, what, is a, what exactly is off limits when we talk about fortuitous times. Um, I, would, I would venture to bet, this is just a guess, that it's kind of like putting, like, full stock in a time creating a certain reality whereas here it's not that the time is creating a reality but if there's any time that we should you know roll the dice so to speak it's this time so it's not saying that it's going to make it happen it's saying that it's uh it's as good as any i think it's a bit of a softer um thing but there might be other it's it's a good question it's 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 worthy of looking up the halakha if i can remember and, and and get the time i'd like to look it up because it is a good question yeah Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Any other questions, comments? Okay. All right. Thank you for joining. Oh, a few quick announcements. Power of stories. Nothing like a story. I I don't think there's anything like a story. The mensch of Malden Mills, Aaron Feuerstein. I think I mentioned it last week. I may have mentioned it. Factory burned down, paid all of his workers, 3,000 workers out of his pocket to rebuild the company. Ultimately, he lost the company and his family had found very hard times. His grand, he just passed away a few months ago. His granddaughter is going to speak about the aftermath of the fire and the aftermath of the philanthropy and the aftermath of the story and how the family faced some dark times. But ultimately, the light that poured in speak about the life and legacy of her grandfather. This is called After the Fire. Join me for a very powerful event. Monday night, February 17th at 7.30 p.m. on Zoom. She's in Boston. She's graciously agreed to speak for us. It's an incredible story. You definitely want to be there. Is,
1: Is it not the 21st? The 21st, I think
0: it is i'm sorry it is the 21st thank you very much for the correction save the date of the 17th for another event that's on zoom which is our virtual tour of israel called hidden secrets of israel thank you but that gives me a segue to talk about another event in a week from tomorrow a week from tomorrow 17th of february at 8 pm live from israel we have an an acclaimed tour guide and author who's going to be taking us on, on a virtual tour of Israel places that you cannot see in person, even if you could get into Israel, even by the way, Michael, Mike and Mike and Sarah Carter who are usually with us. They left to Israel today. They find after months and months and months. And they, she asked me, sorry, email me today this morning and she asked me that I share this with everybody and share that they want to, you know, they're, they're thinking about all of us, about the, about our our community, and gonna share blessings at the wall, uh, prayers for blessings at the wall for all of us. So they wanted me specifically to share that with all of you. So I I am, and I told I told I emailed her back saying, I'm I'm speaking you know in advance for everybody, but I'm sure we're all sending. I'm sure everyone is on board with this, sending our love and uh, and good wishes for a safe, enjoyable and inspirational trip. So that's a little bit about Israel. But even if you were in Israel, even you know Mike and Sarah Carter, they can't visit these places. You just can't security or or under certain uh, auspices, whatever. You just can't can visit these places. We're gonna take you behind the scenes, some of the hidden secrets. You want to do it? You don't want to miss this. Huh? This is going to be. This is going to be absolutely fantastic. That's eight o'clock. Yeah, we got so many times going on and dates. I'm confusing myself. This is Thursday night, the seventeenth. At 8 p.m., that's one Zoom, that's the Israel Zoom. And then, then, the following Monday, the 21st, we have the Boston Zoom, 7:30. The Boston Zoom, Boston. Um, the concert is the 20th, the day before, the 20th. The concert, the the the, the in person uh, Judaism, the soundtrack. We have a concert here. Yes, February 20th, my English birthday, legit. Yes. Birthday. We'll be looking back. It'll be a whole thing. <laughs> per tonight's class. So much looking vouch, back.
1: I can vouch He was really born on the twentieth.
0: <laughs> this, this is indeed the case. Yes. Anyway, so so yeah. The twenty. The twentieth is the birthday. Sorry. The twentieth is the concert. Seventeenth is the virtual event. Israel Thursday night. Then the Sunday is the concert at six p.m. Six p.m. dinner here. Dinner six thirty concert. It's going to be fabulous join us. Um, Then Monday is virtual again, Boston after the fire. That's the deal. All right. It's so much. Check out the website as the website has everything, all the information. And that way you could just check it out. And then, and the dates hopefully don't change on the website. Like once they're there, they're set. Yes. I have a story. Yes. Just like the story that you
1: just told when I was going for my second master's at Carnegie Mellon, I befriended, we we became friends in the computer science um, lab, there was one place, there was one center, this was years ago. And um, he was a nice, he helped me with certain things, I helped him edit things. Anyway, one day after about it, it was, it took me a few years to get the master's, I went part time. And one day he's
0: Hold on. I think you froze.
1: Got frozen. Yeah.
0: Oh, we were right there. Oh, no. Mom. <laughs> frozen in time. All right. Jewish. Well, and and, and I was. Oh, sure. We're back.
1: Okay. Oh,
0: no. All right. All right. What are you
1: going <laughs> to do? He, he talks to me.
0: Nah, keeps on cutting out. All right, it is what it is. What are you gonna do? All okay, right, well, Lila, it's cutting, it's cutting out. It's not, it's not. uh right, we'll have to, we'll so, have to. Okay. Uh, you'll tell it to me, and I'll, and we'll share it maybe. Okay, uh, okay.
1: okay.
0: All right, Lila this Tobe, is everyone. A really
1: good story.
0: All right, we'll have to, do it. Oh, we'll have to do it. Anyway, all right, good, Lila Tobe, everyone. We'll see you guys soon. I Take care. Thank you. I